Johnson with our theme song. You still miss your cats? I miss them. We've been here a couple hours really enjoying each other's Your company. cats, they're, they're going to be in the same place. They, yeah. they don't even remember you. They don't okay. even know who you are. I hope they're okay. They're fine. I hope they don't okay. miss you. <laughs> That's fine. I'll get another cat. Whoa. Whoa. So wow. you hear that? Obviously don't miss that. Yikes. Uh, I'm really pumped about this because this is our third part of our mini-series on... Stephen, the Stephen, Sondheim, Sweeney Pod, the Demon Podcast of Fleet Street. But this is Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater people. It's made by three theater nerds from the LA theater scene. Are, are we the, the turds? The thirds? The tur- theater nerds? <laughs> turds. Yeah. The turds? We're the turds. We've all been called far worse than turds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, the, we're the turds. Today, um, I've been called far, far same. worse. Same. I'm Jim Bailey Burcham. I'm CJ Merriman. And I'm Hi. Scott Leggett. We're in an actual theater. An ER theater. We're in theater. an actual theater. And it feels really good. It we does. are in the Broadwater Complex yep. in Hollywood, California. Yep. Uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard. On Santa Monica Boulevard, near yeah. the corner of Santa Monica and Vine. Down the street from the Hudson Theater, which is where all the Comedy Central uh, stand-up shows take place. I've been on that yeah. stage yeah. before. Same, yeah. Yeah, and, and the home of the Sacred Fools Theater Company. Yeah, the, the Fighting Fools. Yeah. Has- we're all members of that company, and uh, we get together each week, and we talk about playwrights and their evolutions we have strong opinions on their their shows, and we discuss them, and we debate them, and we disseminate all over them. So, uh, it's our mini-series on Stephen Sondheim. Everything's coming up, Bailey. Everything's coming up, Bailey. That's for real. Nothing's gonna Bailey. <laughs> Not while Bailey's around. That didn't work. <laughs> um, there's something I did want to talk about, actually, that we didn't get to bring up in the last two episodes, which is that Stephen Sondheim has an Oscar... Because he wrote five songs for the 1990 Warren Beatty flick, Dick Tracy, which Madonna sings the songs and it wins an Oscar for best song that year. That year in particular, I I, I don't want to disparage any of the other nominees that year. Steven Sondheim deserved the Oscar that year for best song. There was kind of... Well, no the bar is quite low for the category two because as of you know last year's Oscars, Randy Newman sang that fucking Toy Story four song, which was literally <laughs> I 
god, friends away. But this time it was even worse because he just kept saying the uh, friends. I won't let you. I won't let you. I won't let you. I won't let you. I won't let you throw yourself away. All right, what's the next verse, Randy? I won't let you. I won't let you. That's Randy for you. I know, but it's like that's nominated. But then, but then Elton John and um, Bernie ended up winning, right? For they the Rocket won, Man song? Yeah, the new Rocket Man song, which uh, was, it was okay. Yeah. No, I love that song. Oh, you did? Yeah, it was yeah. my least favorite song out of the whole movie. Oh, well, agreed. <laughs> absolutely, 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 positively. Yeah. But I liked it. I was so, oh, this is I mean, good. And I liked the you performance know, of the Oscars. Like Bruce Springsteen has an Oscar. That's yeah. okay with me. I <laughs> it. By the way, uh, Stephen Sondheim wrote musicals. Let's talk about those. Well, he wrote, uh, this is another interesting trivia, but 100, 100% true. He, I can't even lie to you. I was going to try and pull off that he wrote the music for Shazam. The Shazam. <laughs> was it, what was the one with Shaq? Is the Kazam. Kazam. But it's a Mandela thing where people remember it as a Sinbad movie right. called Shazam. That's right. That's and right. some people remember it as He did Shaquille write the music for Hoosiers. Movie, but I own, no, he didn't. Yes, for he did. Hoosiers? Sondheim did. Really? For Who? Hoosiers. Not the soundtrack. Yes, he did. Who? Sometime. You're going to stick sack of shit. Hoosiers. I hate you. For Hoosiers. Guys, I'm leaving. This no, you can't leave now because we're going to finish talking about How long have we been recording and not talking about Sondheim? This is the one. This episode. is the one I'm willing to bet that for our generation, well, I'm a little bit older than, than you guys. Being but, older than the rest of you. Um, That's an FFA it, thing, I think sorry. this is the one that people come back to. It's certainly one that's done too much. I think it's done inappropriately too much Absolutely. By, by some people, but it's it's a marvel and it's a fucking masterpiece and it's called Into the Woods. Into the Woods and out of the woods and home before dark. This is the one that I knew the best. There's pooping in the woods by assassins on Sundays in front of company. <laughs> it was late. Uh, <laughs> I got it all covered. Oh, oh, oh uh, would y'all like to know what happens in Into the Woods? Please. Yes. All the well-known Western fairy tale characters are in search of their happily ever after. They soon find out that in order to get what they always thought they wanted, others will suffer and or be hurt. <gasps> yeah. I actually, I was telling y'all, I did Into the Woods, the song Into the Woods, auditioning for the musical theater program at Webster Conservatory, and then I promptly was not accepted into the musical theater program. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, Into the Woods is, like you were just saying, Scott, is it's one of those that's just like, when I see a high school or a, you know community theaters putting it up, I run for the hills. I'm just like, I'm not watching that, thank you. Because it needs to be like clockwork. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, I think I said this in episode one, where it, it you have to, with your music director and your cast and your everyone has to be so in sync and so together. And it you need a professional group of people to tackle that, for it to really be what it can be. Well, and musically, I think this is probably, I mean, his music is complicated to begin with. But musically, like, I just, the tunes don't yeah. even, they don't necessarily make sense in your ear but unless we you know him. But we because we know them so well as, like, theater nerds. We, like, yeah. know those songs so well that we kind of forget how hard they are. But then, like, Scott and I were talking earlier about how both of us have sang Agony for different purposes. And what was yours for school? Yeah. Yeah, and mine was, like, for a cabaret. And I had to learn it, like, 30 minutes before and, like, whatever. But the... 
that that song sounds so simple. It's just agony and the simplest thing. But it actually, when you get into it and you start looking at the way that it's broken up in time signatures, the way that they're uh, singing over each other and some of the harmonies, it's a very fucking difficult song. It's not something you can just hand right. to a, a, a high schooler and be like, enjoy. No, like, it's, and, it's hard shit. Well, and the thing about agony I was thinking about in rewatching that original Broadway show is how it's it's the timing of the songs but it's also the you have to have immaculate comic timing yeah that that you can you know yeah you know nothing of madness right till you're climbing her hair and like just there's just that interplay and how loose it is and but at the same time like the the, the time signature is changing yeah. and i'm like yeah ah, they did um one two three four they they did this uh my junior year at conservatory this was our big main stage musical that we Mm. did and predictably i was called in for all of the old drunk women which is what i was always called in for at school and then never cast uh i think it was telling me something about my future um tracks but they did it and i uh guy that directed christopher gurr who is also a webster conservatory grad he's in new york he's working like he makes his money doing theater there he's an amazing performer and he was he came in and did sabbatical for our shakespeare and dialect classes uh but i remember hearing tell when they were like i don't know a month from opening he had to sit down with the cast and have them come to jesus with them because i mean you know they're we're, we're rehearsing 30 hours a week you're in rehearsal pretty much whenever you're not in class right and he had to have a come to jesus with them and these are all kids that are going to school for this yeah and had to say like hey guys we're not gonna have a show if you guys don't know your music right yeah. you know so i just that's something that has always stuck with me this with this show that it is incredibly different Difficult. It's remarkably difficult. It's it's and it, and and you don't even think about it until you're working on it and you realize. Just, I I think it's his most difficult. I would argue, um, this or Sweeney. I think just in terms of like really nailing all of it. Yeah, this one's really difficult. I th- agree. I think it's a hint. <clears throat> I think Sweeney is hardest on obviously Sweeney and Mrs. Lovett. Sure, um, sure. those two characters. Um, but this one is the, the weight is more evenly distributed and, and they all carry like, there's so many good characters that have good songs and good moments in this show. I will say a big moment for me in my theater journey was seeing this as a kid, as a little kid, specifically the first act. I was like, this is everything I want to do all the time. I want to watch this every day. This is everything. Uh, And it was my, the high school I ended up going to, it was their performance of it when I was like, Four or five, right? I was, or no, I, I would have been older than that, like maybe eight. And um, the second act, though, I remember leaving and being really sad and being mm. like, "Why wasn't the second act the same as the first act?" And I was like, "Literally, the whole point." What an interesting musical for kids to go to because I would, yeah. I didn't see it till I was much older. But yeah, sitting in that audience and being like, "I know all these, I know all these Disney characters," exactly, is what exactly, I would be thinking. Right. And yeah, and, and the second like, oh, act is like, "Wait a like second, that. that's yeah. not the way that this is supposed to be." There's Wait this, a minute, I have to think about them killing the giant. I yeah, don't want to think yeah, about that. Know, There's this amazing. Um, production of it that's actually on Broadway HD and it's been going around people have been talking about it for years but it's um I think it was West End but it was outside and they do uh it's really weird and kind of steampunky and like all this other stuff but the thing I love about it is that the narrator and the uh uh, mysterious man are not played by the same person which is not by the same person and the narrator is a 10 year old boy oh Oh, and it is 
amazing because he's just running around like he's telling the story and like imagining it and seeing it and then they kill him and yeah. the second act is them having to go on without him and Some without of the mind like of a child what you would say it works it like weirdly works mm. i'm all about it i think it's uh it's an interesting way to tackle it and i know there's been a bunch of other productions i think they did like one in central park that did the same thing um, i i think um uh and cj i'd love your feedback on this because I think that the hardest role is Red. I think Little Red Riding Hood is the hardest role to cast because you can't put a child in it. No. Like you could, like the movie, you could try and fudge it. Mm. The movie, Until you get the hairy wolf I dick. I don't want to talk about the movie. Let's not talk about yet, the, let's not talk about, I'm gonna We'll, we'll get into the movie and just say. Yeah. But so you have to have a woman playing it. Yeah. And so m- m- the productions that I've seen over the years, my, m- the only thing I haven't loved about it, although it plays itself out okay, is that, is how that a woman has to affect a child voice, mm-hmm. you know, and you know what? And right. it's this, it, be, it can be like harsh, uh, if it's not really right. well done. Right. And really well balanced because it she, does play itself out. And you know, and she's also the ultimate comedic role in it. Like she yes. has some of the best. Like actually, I think the biggest laugh I get every time watching the show is when she has the bread in her mouth and she just goes, but she's got all the food in her mouth. I yeah. like shit like that. She gets these huge laughs. I, I, I could go on about that, but I just think you have to be careful with that role as a director. Oh when, my God. Yeah. I mean, especially it, in this day and age. Yeah. When we did it at Webster, the gal that played her, um, she, Chelsea, Chelsea Patterson Conrad now, she's been married and had a kid since, but like she is, she is that girl that comes in that she had the voice. She had, she was short. She was a tiny little thing. Yeah. And like, she also played, the lead girl in Ruthless when we did oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, 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 So, like, and she was great, and her voice was perfect for it, and we all kind of knew she was going to get the part. Ruthless, the lead role, is very similar, or, like, even, like, a Sally Brown from, or, or whatever her name right. is from, you know. Uh, Chris Lucy. and Chenoweth. Yeah, the Chris and Chenoweth role, yeah, yeah the Sally role. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that thing with Little Red Riding Hood, but I'm I'm kind of, this, out of all of his shows, this is my Sondheim show that I'm, like, kind yeah. of... Oh, a stuck-up yeah. purist about. Sure. And, uh, yeah, agreed on the Little Red Riding Hood thing. <laughs> but, no, that was the one line I was telling you guys about. Harry Wolf Dick. Uh-huh. Harry Wolf Dick. I rewatched the original cast <laughs> recording, and I'd seen it years and years ago in school, as a matter of fact. And I just remember when he came out for that hello, little girl, and just being like, no, that is a, that's a Harry Wolf Dick. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> a part of that story I left out earlier is after he handed me the pamphlet of his resume, I realized he was wearing the Harry Wolf Dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, Excellent. Excellent. I uh, worked on uh, uh, a touring company had visited the local community college where I uh, was doing stuff. And so they had a full, it was a, it was a good production. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, but they had the costume, the wolf costume, and we were all working. And so they were in the deep south, so they they covered it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they covered it, but then you could yeah. reveal it if you wanted to. Uh-huh. And, of course, everybody you know, was like, look at the wolf dick. Wallace, um, Wallace Annenberg did this. It was literally right before the movie came out. Wallace Annenberg did this years ago, and they did it like pure, like – the way that it was intended to be, sure, like with the double whatever. casting and all yeah, that stuff. Whatever. Yeah. No, it was good. I, I it was think, really good. I think, um, 
coming from a from a directing point of view, yeah. this is his most malleable. You can do yeah. so much you can cool conceptualize stuff. This for sure. You can like I guess there's an anime version that was done cool. like in Boston a couple cool. of years ago. I think it was Boston. I can think that. But I'm like, ah, you know, where they went back and like merged merge the tales. I have know? a really cool conceptualization of it that I'm not gonna talk about on mic because no. somebody will take it. Yeah. Oh, it's well like, good. Yeah, Let's yeah, just I'm like, this it and is, do it. Yeah, keep I'll tell you it quiet. Yeah, I've got a couple that yeah. I'm, you know. It's uh, just a one of those shows. Have you all seen the original cast mm-hmm. recording yeah, yeah, of it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I love him, but Chip Zane looks like he is eternally smirking. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's legit. I love him in a new brain. Not, by oh, way. Yeah, new brain. Oh my god. Yeah. What's his name? Who plays, who, who plays the baker? Chip Zane. Chip Zane. Oh, that's his. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's so good. He's fantastic. But yeah, he looks like he's they smiling the whole time. That's a role that I think uh, you can uh, quite quickly. Uh, I, I will not like the show if I don't like the Baker and Baker's one. That's why I don't yeah, like oh, the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why, why the I, movie doesn't work. In my, well, that's James, not true. I, I, I think... I, I, well, I don't want to piss on James Corden, but... Well, I, he's not good at it. He's not... Emily Blunt is. Yeah. He is not. I don't, uh, yes. I'm going to say it out loud. <laughs> I'm going to say it out loud I right just, now. I, I James just, Corden, because I've said it before, because... Philip Seymour Hoffman should have won the Tony that year, and James Corden. And if that had been the case, James Corden never would have been famous. I'm just saying that out loud. James Corden. We discussed. Well, he he's also fine. he won the an Olivier Award. Like he would have been. He's he's not fine. untalented. He's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Um, although there are moments I like his show. I don't like the karaoke shit on his show. Yeah. I could care less. He doesn't funny interest cats. me. I but he's funny just rapping with people, yeah, and that's yeah. where. I like it's him. Nice. I'm not talking He's shit not, about him. And all of the shit he does with his parents is fucking hilarious. Yeah, I will true. say, like, that's true. Good on him. Anyway, anyway I don't want to. I, I don't need yeah. to piss on anybody. It's um, I I um, but yeah, that the, I don't want to dive. Do you guys want to get into the movie? I feel like yeah. we're going. Which the Meryl Streep one? Yeah. Yeah. I oh. mean, so here's the thing about the Meryl Streep one. I, I'm I'm a little ambivalent about Bernadette. So when Ooh, people were angry story. that she, that Meryl was put in it, yeah. I was angry she got an Oscar nomination for it. I thought she was fine. <laughs> like if you hadn't seen Bernadette, you would have been like, "Fuck it, Meryl Streep's cool." In this. Right. But yeah, I I love uh, what's her name as the Baker's wife, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. She does a really good it. job. She's, I'm a big Emily Blunt stan. She's great. And, and she, she does a good live? job. I would love to see her live. No. I bet she fucking kills. But she's great. Um, she's phenomenal in it. It's the movie in general just gets kind of every tone wrong. It gets every. I don't. It doesn't feel like the musical. It just doesn't feel like. Well, I'll tell you what my my response to it wrong. is probably Chris Pine is the best part of the whole movie. Though. Oh yeah, he's yeah, great in he's it. Fucking I, brilliant. Who? I, Chris Pine. Oh yeah, I went and saw hilarious. that in theaters when it opened, sitting there thinking like, I'm gonna fucking hate this, and I did. Yeah, I did and too. I have a feeling now, now that I've watched Sweeney Todd, that I hear people complain about. I watched that movie, and you see all these famous people in it. Duh, of course, you're going to have Meryl Streep and stuff in it. But I watched that, and I'm like, why couldn't – this is a show that is about the mu- – why can't you get people in there that can sing well? And I'm sure that's how people felt about Sweeney Todd, too. Like, yeah. why yeah. can't you I, get I musical mean, theater people in right. there? And, I mean, part you know, part of me gets it, part of me doesn't. Like, you know, it's – it's it's all very annoying because yes, I think we should just be promoting Broadway stars to movies whenever we do a musical. But you know, I, I tend will to not say want that. that unlike the film version of Sweeney Todd, 
they did a smart thing with the casting of Into the Woods in terms of the quality of the voices, which is match them. There's sure. a few that stand a little higher above. Right. You know, Emily Blunt, I think, is clearly yeah. a better singer than, mm-hmm. than some of them. Mm-hmm. But so if you're going to do it and you have to make those concessions for yeah. the sake of ticket sales, yeah. then they did an okay job with finding that balance, I yeah. thought. I was Rob Marshall, right? Yeah. I don't hate on Rob Marshall. Some I mean, he directed Mary Poppins Returns, he, which slaps, yeah. in case I didn't say that in the last two episodes. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, you know, like Chicago, which is uh, Chicago possibly great. the greatest movie musical of all time. Uh, well, well oh, man. I don't know. Oh, you want to argue that? Yeah. Uh, it's in my top three. I just uh, have ones that I like better than that one. That's all. <laughs> uh, that I I would, oh, that's true. Uh, I have I some that Ke- like live in my... Cabaret, yeah, that's true. Uh, in terms I still of films, love Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus one of my Christ Superstar, the 70s yeah. one. Save it, save it. This is a whole other Wait, episode. yeah, that's a whole other podcast. But no, get, getting back to, to it, I I I break um during your fault, during the performance of your that fault. one is yeah. so perfect. Oh. Yeah. And it's the combination of the characters and where they've all been at. So it's Jack, it's the baker. It's the Little witch. Red, it's Cinderella. Cinderella, and and, yeah, and Little, yeah. And oh. But it isn't just, my fault I was given those beans. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. It's so. It's, it breaks me. It it's breaks so. Well, me. and it's just so. It's so technically perfect. It's. If it's done right, it's just. I, that's one of my favorite songs in it. Um, Ever After is one of my favorite Act One closers. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure, in the sure. world of musicals. Yeah. He, I also thought Sondheim hit it perfectly with end of act one with um side by side yeah. like that one had me like going yeah, yeah. <laughs> when i was listening to yeah, it exactly yeah, yeah i um and I, just the way that he he interweaves his, his shit which we can all see we can all see the his parents yeah. and him mm-hmm. reckoning with his feelings towards his parents mm-hmm. there's a little feeling of forgiveness that you can feel being extended mm-hmm. you can see that he puts a little bit more it's the only time i think that he puts his mother into it the baker's wife kind of has this dark side that's yeah. oh, you know and, and she's the best she's the best character and oh. she's in my top 5 characters in musical theater She's oh, great. She's just so great. I saw Joanna Gleason in the original cast of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels oh, in yeah. 2006. What? And oh, it was man. when I was in New York for That's my awesome. New York showcase. Yeah. Because Norbert Leo Butts was in She's it. So great. I was like, well, I got to see it because he's yeah. a Webster grad. Oh, she was God. Charity or Cherry Barnum and Barnum the musical. She's done a bunch. Of, she's phenomenal. I mean, that's what she's done, right? Yeah. Musical, musical, yeah. musical. I, uh, I saw it at... Actually, the best production I've seen live of Into the Woods was... A stacked ass cast. Um, it was uh, Sutton Foster was was the baker's wife, mm. and um, it was at uh, Hollywood Bowl. <gasps> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, think yeah. I remember yes, that yes. was just in the last couple of years, right? It was last year. Okay. And uh, I'm I'm literally blanking on the cast. Every single person was massively famous. I'm pretty I, sure Annalie Ashford actually was in it. Sierra Bodges was. Um, Cinderella. I uh, think we had a couple of friends work on it. And yes. From Stranger Things, who plays uh, um, the kid with the missing teeth. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, What's his name? What is that? Yeah, guy? he's fantastic. Noah Gatton or yeah, something like that. He was fantastic. Jack, he's one of the best. fucking blew me away 
with giants in the sky. When he stepped out and there did the first, there are giants. I I always forget that that song is coming in that it's moment. So bad. <laughs> it's so out of nowhere. Yeah. And he just steps in. There are giants, and I. In that moment, was like frozen, and I bawled through the whole. I love that song. song. Oh, and he he hit, hit every note. He hit every fucking thing. And he's an old Broadway baby. He's been yeah, doing yeah, Broadway yeah, yeah. his whole life. But like, it's not just, surprising. When he sang the Never Ending Story song and uh, Stranger yes. Things, yeah. sang, I fucking bawled. I didn't he's even know. He's my he favorite was a kid, kid in that, that show. A video of him singing. Um, I've What's seen McCall that. from Lame Is. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, he was in that. Gavroche. Exactly. Oh, uh, quick. I, I Maybe you guys knew this. I thought I heard this, and I can't remember if it's true or not. Whenever the Oklahoma City bombing happened, yeah. no more giants had kind of been adopted as like the, the, the I don't know, like the oh. sad song afterwards yeah. that a lot of people listen to a lot. Interesting. I, I think. I, am I wrong on that, Scott? Do you remember that at all? Say that again. No more giants. After that's uh, the Act Two song with the Baker. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. I I think my dad told me or something that after the Oklahoma City bombing happened, that kind of became adopted as like the emotional song that people listen to. In in I don't know. I could be completely wrong on that, but yeah. that was kind of in that. the back of my brain because that's that's another song that I'm like, oh, I love yeah. this. Song. Every song, every yeah. single part of it, and it almost feels like one song. Like as the show goes, it it feels like because there's a lot of underscoring and there's a lot of transitionals, and it's a beautiful piece. Is there anything else you guys want to say about it? Because um, I. I I feel like we need to... It's so well, good. It was just a reminder that, like, I listened to that again. I was like, oh, yeah, Into the Woods. I've seen this before. And then I watched it and was just enthralled the entire time. Right. I yeah. love it. No, I just love it. I love... And when we do ratings later, you know, I'm sure we'll... Yep. Yeah. I, see uh, where they lie for each of us. What's What happens after Into the Woods? Where does he go? Because man, this is, Well, he, he, um, he takes a, a little bit of a breather. Right. But just a little bit. Um, and he, uh, comes back, uh, Into the Woods is 1987, FYI, mm-hmm. yeah. comes back in 1990 with Assassins. Yeah! <laughs> this was one of my favorite ones to kind of introduce myself to. It's beautiful. In this process. I, I just I, want to start by saying the Ballad of Booth is, oh, is oh. something that I... Whenever somebody says they don't know Assassins, they go, oh, cool, cool, cool. Let me just put on this six-minute song for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. It'll change your view on everything you know about musical theater. And then you'll go, oh, what am I doing? Because it makes you fucking care about John Wilkes Booth for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you, st- you it, Even just listening to it, not watching it, I listened to the Michael Service one uh, specifically because he goes to this emotional level on the soundtrack that is... Uh, incomparable. He he goes all the way, and you're listening to him. And you're like, oh my god, all the things he's saying makes sense. He's he's kind of speaking liberally. He's kind of, and you're like, oh my god, yeah, fuck the government, fuck everything. Like I hate all of this. And then he goes, that stupid inward lover, yep, yep. and you go, oh, I went, fuck. and you, and then you hate him again. How brilliant, Sondheim. Yeah. Yeah. How oh, brilliant. By well, the way, I mean, y'all, using the framing device of an all-American yet sinister carnival game, the semi-review portrays a group of historical figures who attempted successfully or not to assassinate presidents of the United States right. and explores what their presence in American history says about the ideals of their country. Yep. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, I think, in the musical theater uh, viewing world, the people who view a lot of theater, not necessarily who produce it, I think have problems with this one because it isn't narrative and because it isn't 
you know, there's nothing holding it together. It's it's set in limbo, sort of. Uh-huh. There's no real connection to anything except that they're all singing about being an assassin, right? But I feel like this one would be popular. I'm sorry, it would be popular now with just all the true crime stuff oh, that people love. Like, but bring it back. Friends. I was gonna say, I think it was a little before its time. Yes, because yeah. I think it's his most perfect work. Yeah, I think from top to bottom, orchestration wise, even the new song he wrote for the revival, something just broke. Do yeah. you guys know that song? That's the yeah. one I listen. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. I listened to. Oh, yeah, my God. yeah. I uh, I have to say musically with this one too because I I barely knew this one I knew of it I knew who the characters generally were and they had done like a thirty minute version of it uh, for every Tuesdays at conservatory um, and I remember like listening to it from top to bottom and I was just reading a synopsis of it the whole time he keeps all of the complicated impressive musical stuff. But the shit that he does where all of a sudden he'll toss in like an American song that you will know, whether it's Hail to the Chief or Star Spangled Banner. And I was like, oh, like I was literally saying out loud, like, that's pretty good. I see what you're doing there, Sondheim. That's pretty good. Like he takes the complicated shit and makes it accessible to everybody listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn great, you, uh, Lincoln, you righteous whore. <laughs> I, dude, I, oh. Assassins is one that I can just go off on. If we went, like, literally song for song, I would, I could talk for 20 minutes about why it makes sense to do this show everywhere right now. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. The gun song? We need to, why are we not singing this song? It, it takes, it takes many men to make a gun. It only takes one to pull a trigger. That's right. Yeah, Come that's on, right. guys. That's we, right. What are we doing? Yeah. It's um, we need to be producing this every day. <laughs> and you know, it's, New production it opened every day. in 1990 and was not well received. No, it's because they were squares. Uh, and so and before it's time, yeah. So they he they it. did three versions. There's the original version. There's the London version, yes. and then there's the Broadway version. And the Broadway um, version is the Neil Patrick Harris version. Right. The latest one, yes. Yes, that's, and that's the, the, the one where, speaking of Neil Patrick Harris from earlier, we were talking about company, where we were like, oh, does he fit in a lot of the roles he's put in? This is this is one where I'm like, this is what he should be doing on Broadway. Mm-hmm. It's playing roles like, it's the balladeer, I think is the name of the character. Who then became Lee Harvey Oswald in the new yes, version, in right? the yes. revival. Yeah. Right, because, and the point is, is that he's meant to be, in the original, the point is that he's meant to be sort of, the perfect, you know, American ideal of a, of a guy, right? Just like, I'm a good old American boy telling you this story. To then make him one of the assassins just solidifies and his And one whole of the most notorious. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I just, I think it's brilliant. Uh, Something Just Broke is an interesting part of the revival. It's that song. Yeah, and that was not part of the original. Right. right. It's a song that's in the revival and not in the original because it's, uh, and it was written as, as a breath for the audience because <laughs> everyone kept feeling like, God, I just, I want to latch onto something that's like, I can actually feel for because like unworthy of your love is like this love ballad. But then you realize a pedophile <laughs> is singing to Jodie Foster and the other one is singing to Charles Manson, you know, the squeaky frog. And you're just like, Oh fuck. But that's the brilliance of the whole show yes. is, the, is the duality of all of it. But then you get to something just broke and it's a, it's a relief moment for the audience where they're talk. It's the chorus um, is talking about um, the moments after Kennedy was shot mm-hmm. and finding out 
about that? Like, where were you when Kennedy was shot? Sort of like now, maybe the analog is like, where were you when 9-11 happened or whatever. Recording on 9-11. Right. So, <laughs> oh, today's 9-11. Yes. Uh, never forget. Something just broke is really interesting because then they come out and they you get this reprieve as an audience. But I think that kind of, I love the song, don't get me wrong. It hits me in really, you know, emotional ways. Yeah. I think it is a little, it's a little bit of a wimp move. Because of what Assassins is, I think you actually have to sit in it till the end. I think hmm. that's why it worked. To give them a reprieve is a little bit of a wimpy sort of like, okay, I'll give you what you want, populism. You know, and I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, and I, think, I would still produce it with something just broke. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's endlessly complicated. There's nobody else that could have done it. Yeah. There's nobody else that would have thought to do it yeah. and done it with the sophistication and the touch. Um, there's a great YouTube video. It's an interview with him from like 1991 yeah. where he's going through each of the songs and he's playing it out and he's talking about Aaron Copeland and he's talking mm -hmm. about folk music and he's talking about where to put things and insert them. Uh, so his, I think that we don't give him credit for his musicology because right. he, he gets stuck in I'm Sondheim. He's emerging as rock and roll is emerging, which right. is the, the separation of Broadway from being a pop entity to being a more right. high art well, thing. Mm -hmm. And Actually, he's the one that's pushing it. He's going, well, there's only one way I can go. I can't go rock and roll. Right. I can't do blues with that kind of effect. I have to keep pushing this. An interesting side to that is that he was sort of a mentor to uh, Jonathan Larson. Yes. Who yeah. uh, wrote Rent, mm -hmm. right? And Tick, Tick, Boom, which Tick, Tick, Boom is an homage to Sondheim. It is about a guy turning 30. It's a comp it's it's basically the story of uh, the uh, idea of company. There's a song called what is it called? Sunday some Sunday coffee or just Sunday and it is literally the tune of Sunday from Sunday in the Park with George oh, with new I mean, lyrics. Uh, and he's talking about all the people in this uh, oh, coffee shop. You mentioned him. him before mentioned that show before. Yeah, Tick Tick Boom is a phenomenal I mean, show. I, I just never I, it's, I I've heard of it a million times. I've never seen it. Yeah, the movie is about yeah. to drop on Netflix. Uh, uh, Manuel Miranda made a movie out of it, so right. it's going to be probably good. Uh, but it's it's very much like a thirty-somethings kind of musical theater show. A lot of people like in their early thirties always want to produce it. Well, I really now you should like it. understand the show now, Bailey. So I guess I'll get it now. now I'm in my third decade. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's 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 just one of those shows that like it specifically Sunday. It's it's making fun of all the pretensions of Sondheim while totally homaging him. But right. then, you know, uh, Pretensions or, or... Pretensions. Like, okay. it is sort of pointing at, like, isn't Sunday in the Park kind of silly? Okay. Because it's about... Like, it. it's almost like a spoof. He's okay. spoofing Sondheim out of... With out respect. of love and respect. It's like yeah. you would... It was satire, yeah. kind of, but, like, yeah. But so he... It's, it's really fun. Sondheim has this great quote about Larson where he's like... The reason why Larson will, uh, people will remember him is because he was the bridge of the gap between pop music and Broadway music. Right. And it's right. actually kind of what you were talking about is that Rent is that you were sold as this is going to be punk, the new voice grunge, yeah, yeah, voice yeah. of a generation. It wasn't. It was actually more of like a bridge into like pop music world and like populism mm -hmm. actually more than anything. I, and uh, it's why... Jonathan Larson has maintained... I posted an article to our Slack. I don't know if either of you 
took the time to read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the no. yes. um, but it's it's it, it and we'll have to go. Uh, we'll we'll save it for later. I don't want to get too far into it. But the idea of talking about. Um, and I think it, it happened as because we haven't had new Sondheim in a long time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, no he, for all intents time. and purposes, you know, maybe maybe he kicks out another one when he's 91. I'd love it. I'd well, love it. If he did. There is one that was announced three years ago that I don't think is going to happen. Yeah. We'll, well, he's got that. and he's also got a shit ton of right. stuff that's, you know, he's. He's got one show that he's tried out for 20 years. He just right. can't get it to fucking work. With Assassin's too, I really like the the book, which is, I don't think him. It's John Weedman. Is that right? Yes. Um, yeah. And it's, I like the book. I think the uh, the scene between Squeaky Fromm and uh, the, woman, the other woman. What's her name? Sarah Jane Moore. Sarah, yeah. Fucking hilarious. I love the uh, monologue, the Santa guy monologue. Oh my Samuel, god. Samuel Samuel Bick. Yeah. Bick. Samuel Bick. Samuel Bick. Bick, yes. Um though all that stuff is just brilliant. Uh it's it's a show that from top to bottom I think is his ultimate math problem. It's his ultimate math equation. Like it's the one that adds up to me the best. It, it, yeah, and it's he makes it very hard on whoever's going to try and do it ever for history yeah. because you you're not only dealing with the complexity of these vignettes. Yeah vaguely connected vignettes which i think is i think that whole construct is fucking brilliant yeah. how he brought them all together and yeah. creates this meta world there was a moment in my life where i was working for the malibu playhouse and which then got bought by chris martin lead singer of coldplay and now is just sitting there doing nothing but at the time when i was working on it we were trying to create a season and we decided to do assassins and the way that we were this was 2017 the way that we were gonna uh market it was we were gonna do like Brady Bunch style, have all of the assassins <laughs> That's uh, great. in squares on a poster in front of a blue thing, but each of them would ha- would be holding a bloody head of the president that they <laughs> uh, that they tried to, to kill, kill or kill, or kill, and it would look it would be taken exactly like the Kathy Kathy Griffith Griffin like uh, Griffin Griffith Griffith Griffin. Griffin? <laughs> I don't know. Kathy, Kathy Griffin. Griffin. Griffin, yeah. I'm sorry. Losing my mind. Uh, but when she did that with the Trump yeah, head, yeah, yeah. it was going to be exactly that, but all of them with their heads. And we got some pushback. What? Malibu wasn't super what? into this. What? Yeah, we got a little <laughs> You guys would be surprised. Malibu Conservative Beverly Hills is, is all Ma- No, I bet they fucking is, yeah. Beverly Hills had, has MAGA rallies all the time now. Like, truly, oh, yes. Like, oh, you yeah. guys, like, everyone outside of L.A. doesn't understand, like, you think that L.A. is this, like, hub of, like, liberal, and, like, Hollywood is, like, just liberal. Not like, the rich black, people. Like, all of it. No, it, it's not. It's actually a bunch of people who are have too much money for their own good and therefore uh, really love Trump. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, can I ask a question? Have no. either of you, I think that my, uh, in terms of if, if I was an artistic director getting pitched assassins today, it's it's very white. Um, mm. And there's not, uh, yes. you know, and there's two good women's roles. They're fine. They're the only fine. way to do this, in my opinion, we're about to do this actually at Two Cents. Uh, Two Cents Theater Group. Mm. Shout out to Kristen Boulay. From yeah. Boulay. Big fan of the pod. Uh, fan of the pod. Friend of the pod. Um, she uh, and I were going to be producing Assassins in like a circus tent. We were really pumped about doing that. I obviously have tried to get Assassins up so many times and it's never happened. Uh, but because of COVID, we didn't get to, but we were going to do it gender and colorblind. Cool. Okay. So any way that you present gender wise you can play any of the roles and any way you present uh or any way that you are 
race why you can play any of the roles. Um, and we would modulate anything that we had to for voice or just cast. Yeah, I was gonna ask so we that. don't have to do that. You, yeah, you, yeah, you just need a badass yeah. arranger, musical director. Right. And that's not hard to do. I mean, like, I've yeah. cast that way before where we didn't have to change anything because we just found somebody who could sing in the right octave. And it's like, great, you got, you got it. it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, like, yeah, I like having the proprietor be a woman yeah. would be cool. Yeah. Like, I think. Yeah, whenever you could, I would love to see. I'd love to see a woman of color do one. John Booth. Wilkes Booth. Yeah, oh, that's what I said. I really wow. wanted a woman of color. Uh, uh, that'd be a huge moment. That, that'd be like having a woman of color do uh, molasses to rum from seventeen seventy six. Exactly. You would just be like, you would be shaken yeah. to your core exactly. just by the concept of yeah. it. Um, yeah, it'd be brilliant. I love assassins. You guys love assassins. I do. I love assassins. assassins man. I want to get into it more. I mean, I've never seen I it think, live. I think my only bummer about it is that well he does he's got two shows after after Assassins but Assassins was kind of I felt like he had taken another step like I feel like he goes he does Company then he's got his follies and his success in the seventies uh-huh. then he hits Sweeney and he goes in a way different direction mm-hmm. musical complexity right. the themes are darker obviously and. and and then he goes into Sunday in the Park with George, which is just this high concept. I'm going to write a musical about that painting. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking cool as shit. Yeah. And then to take it into the woods, which is Huge. I'm going to do take these and deconstruct these fairy tales Weirdly. for adults and let everybody know there's no fucking happy endings. Right. This sucks. Weirdly what you're it saying sucks is you got to forgive yourself. His career is him playing out a larger version of the of the program that Hammerstein gave him in yeah. uh, when he was in college. You know what I mean? It's sort of like, so like right. okay, you have to write one that is based on a play, one that is based yeah, on a novel, yeah, yeah. one that's based on a painting, one that's based on, and he's like, great. And he just keeps doing that. That's interesting. I love he, that. He's, um, yeah. Um, Anything else on Assassins? N- no, uh, except like I said, I, I, I just was disappointed because I felt like that was the next step and I've been waiting for the next one yeah. in that series. Yeah. Um, I, I've I've only only ever heard Passion. The, the album. I, I love I just, Passion. I, I I I think I would. There's I just a great seen it. production of it. I highly recommend it. Do you know Passion? I know is nothing it, is about it. On it. YouTube, it probably is. I watched it on Broadway HD. It's just. It's probably on YouTube. I highly recommend it. Okay. It's a good. Uh, emotional love story with some of the best ballads he's ever tackled. Great. Um, beautiful. It's wartime. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. everything you kind of want from like a long drama musical. I, I'm all about all it. All right. Um, what's after that? What's after that? Then he goes on a long break yeah. from 94, doesn't do anything until 2008. Uh, that was the last major thing he did uh, was a road show. Yeah. I don't know anything about I that. I don't show. know much about it. It was called Bounce at one yeah, point. Yeah. It was one of those that. ones that like when you look, if you go to Wikipedia and look at uh, unproduced works yeah. and like halfway right. works, like right. it's it's huge, you know, and it's a reminder of because when we talk about his career as an overall, it's the fact that he's endured multiple changes in Broadway that he stuck right. mm-hmm. in Broadway and that he knew how to, that he, that you had to have nine things in the air 
for one of them to maybe get a chance. The at one him. that never came to fruition that I'm so sad about is that he and David Ives were working on a show together. David Ives, who wrote All in the Timing, one of my favorite. Oh, yes, yes, kind of, yes, you know, yes. Shorts all put together, you know, like little scenes put together. But David Ives is phenomenal. They were writing a show together that was based on the Louis Bunuel movie, Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie. Oh, yeah. Which is one of my favorite absurd movies of all time. Oh. Absurdest movies of all time. That could have been amazing. Because oh. David Ives' writing is next level in terms of absurdity and things like that. And also adding Sondheim's absurd, you know, musical mind to that. Mm-hmm. That could have just been amazing. Hmm. That makes me sad that that didn't exist. Do we want to, you guys want to do our ratings? Yeah. Well, I was just going to real quick before yeah. we dive into that, just talk about the, the number of awards Sure, what he's quick. won over the he's got a Pulitzer. Yeah. He's got a Pulitzer for Sunday in the Park with George. He's got uh, an Oscar. Yeah. He's got uh at least three or four Grammy. No, he's got a shitload of Grammys. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. CJ has eight, an award for nine. most spells cast during podcast time. What? And she's playing Harry Potter right now. She's playing Harry Motherfucking Potter. Why don't you focus on the task at hand? Limgardium Webios Podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> God damn it. What house are you? <laughs> I'm Gryffindor. Are you? Yeah. I'm Why do you say that like I should know that? Well, How do I just, know that? I'm just duh. You seem you seem a little CJ more and I have official legit wands. Well, I, I did go to Hogwarts and majored in theater and also uh, transfiguration. Uh-huh. So uh, oh, I, yeah. I went turn this into a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> turn this. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Um, but anyway, so you, just a shitload of Drama Desk Awards and Obie Awards. A phenomenal magnet um, impression. You know, the American Medal, <laughs> American Medal of Freedom Award. Like, it's all just crazy. Yeah. Um, and... Um, yeah, that's 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 the big stuff that I got. Yeah, let's talk favorites. Yeah, let's do this. Let's rate them. So this is what I actually want to do this time. This is a little different. Most of the time we just we do our top three and, and things like that. I want to hear this. I want to hear your top three shows that he did music and lyrics for. So like okay. West Side Story and Gypsy is like don't count. Right on. Um, and then I want to hear your favorite score and song. And they don't have to be from. It doesn't have to be from the same thing. And then I want to hear your least favorite of his shit. Oh, okay. Least favorite. Okay, so start with and this is this is quick. It's not that hard. Uh, give me your top three in order from three, two, one. Go, CJ. Okay, uh, Company Into the Woods, Assassins. Assassins, your number one. It convinced me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. And you didn't know it before. No. Oh, I'm really. It, man. It's well, Scott was I, the one that was like, "You dig it the most." Yeah, that's yeah, what Scott yeah, says to me all the like time. A warm hug. <laughs> I love that <laughs> because I, I I am always I'm constantly trying to get people sold on assassins as his as one of his best works. Like I, that's amazing. I like all that weird historical shit too. Yeah, yeah. man, it, this is really really hard for me because I realized how much I, I love him and respect the work. Like respect yeah. it. Like yeah. oof. But the one that speak to me the most, I would ha- I'm going to go with assassins at number three. Okay, I'm going to go with Sunday in the Park at number two. Yeah. Um. And then I think I'm going to do Into the Woods as number one. Wow. I think it stuck with me. Wow. And I, like I said earlier uh, in the previous episode, rewatching Company, I I still love it. And Sweeney are easily four and five. Like it's no, right. there's no issue there. Next. Right. Mine are number three is Sweeney Todd. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Number two is... <gasps> Number two is Assassins. I see uh, your hesitation. Yeah, because one and two, for me, it, if whichever score I'm listening to, that's my favorite. Yeah, sure. But I, I think if I really search my soul, Sunday in the Park is my number one. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. It's just fucking On a personal beautiful. level, uh, it just is there. The meditation um, on art yeah, and all, the, yeah. all of it. But yeah. Assassins is right there. And in terms of what I think of as like perfect work, because uh-huh. Sunday in the Park isn't perfect. And I realize no, that. No, and, no. I, and I know that the second act has its problem. But it's as a personal thing, it's, it, it is what it is. But Assassins as a musical is just perfect. Into the Woods is a close fourth. Yeah. Um, but I think Sweeney Todd beats it out for me. Uh, okay. Now I want to hear what your favorite score is. Okay. Three, See, two, one. Yeah. Or no, just just number one favorite score. Oh, well, shit. Or give me all three. That's fine. Okay. Three, because Sweeney Todd is three for me. Great. Two is Assassins and one is Into the Woods. Nice. And it's just because yeah. I know it yeah. better and yeah. it affects me more automatically. For sure. This is interesting because my favorite score would be Sweeney. Yeah, I. It's not my top. It's not in my yeah. top three. Yeah. But yeah, if I was just just purely putting it on and listening, that might be my. Go-to. What would be your like two and three? Oh, uh, into the woods and assassins probably. Yeah. So those sure. are mine. Yeah. Mine's number three probably. Uh, into the woods number two. Assassin number one. Sweeney. Sweeney fucking mm-hmm. Todd. Dude. Sweeney Todd. Dude. Uh, I just it's 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 badass. It's badass. It's badass. It makes you. Uh, oh, I, I meant to bring up something while we were talking about Sweeney Todd. Can I can I can I bring it back real quick? Yeah, yeah. do it. Because this this might be an answer. Sweeney Todd might be my the the one I most want to direct. Oh yeah. And here's what I want to do. Okay. Or here's where my head is. I, I don't know if I should say because don't let somebody take it. Yeah. Tell right? us off, Mike. I'll tell you tell off, off, Mike. Mike. But there, I think it might be my number one that I want to direct. Yeah. But close to would be in. I want to direct Assassins. That's my oh, number one. Sure, I want to, sure, I want to sure. be in Assassins. Yeah, why don't you be my balladeer? Yes, that was actually one of the parts that done I said I definitely Holy wanted. Shit. Or I thought Sarah Jane Moore was fucking yeah, hilarious. That'd be fun too. You need another 10, 20 years on you though. 20 years. All right. Okay, well, we'll do the next the one. We can age you up. You can be like Bernadette. Let me hear your favorite song. Just number one favorite song from all of this shit. Ladies Who Lunch. Yeah. That's <laughs> my favorite. I figured as much. I'm too much of, an, of a personal assistant. Yeah. That song speaks to me. Scott, number one favorite song of all of Sondheim. Oh, it's so hard. Um, <laughs> uh, but Agony. Agony? Yeah, specifically nice. the reprise. Sure, yeah. The, the reprise, reprise breaks my heart because they're, and yeah. makes me laugh <laughs> so hard. It's so fucking clever. Yeah. Everything about it's clever. The tune is clever. The interaction is clever. The drama of the song is clever. Yeah. The words are clever. Yeah, and brilliant. Uh, I love it. My number one song, followed quickly by Ballad of Booth. Mm. My number one song is Color and Light. From it's a good one. Red, 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 red. Yes. So good. Even, even I that the pointillism, uh, you know, that he's doing with that the dun 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 dun. Uh, I think it's a perfect song. Yeah. And and Bernadette, I mean, uh, uh, Dot gets to do some really great things, and that uh, I'll be in the follies, all that stuff. It's just it's a. Uh, I love that song. Can I just um, say something too? I, I think I don't know if I said it. I'm I'm picking up like loose pieces. I think the character of Dot might be his best female character in terms of the things you could do with it. 
Like you sure. could go in so many directions. I would argue Love It is a more fun oh, character. Yeah, of but, course, of course. But in terms of the things in you terms can of a, do, yeah, yeah, I but, agree. But oh, I just, I, I, I love just, The Witch from Into the Woods, though. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. True. Like, I'm well, just, as, <laughs> Scott, you're wrong. <laughs> yes, as, a, as a role to play as a singer, I think I agree with you. The Witch is top for all musical theater, I think is top. Yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to hear your least favorite. Least favorite show? Yep. Uh, of our of our deep dives or just let's overall? Do, let's do overall. Oh, uh, well, that's hard. Of the ones that I know, yeah. Of the ones, merrily, you know, merrily, we roll along. No, no, no. Funny thing happened on the way to the yeah, forum. Funny thing. I, 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 I can be a sucker for merrily. Sure. I mean, I probably would say forum, but I saw it twenty years ago and don't remember it. I out of the ones that I just got into this week it's Sunday in the Park with George but yeah. I still really enjoyed it sure. a yeah. lot yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. like of garbage his, or of anything. his major five if that's your lowest it's fine yeah. like it's still fine yeah. he's fantastic um, I would say my lowest of our of our deep dives is company um, only because comparatively right it's like it's still phenomenal but when I compare them it's hard to like I said I was just knocked out at how well I thought it stood up yeah like For how sure. well it's endured like ah it's fucking great, I but agree. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's not. It's not the one that you want to go to the most, but it's got some fucking. Agree. If 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 your lead guy can nail being alive, exactly. you know, then you're. Let me hear dream roles. Dream roles, uh, or number one dream role if you have multiple. Uh, I'll say the baker. Hey, I'd yeah, like that'd to play be fun. The baker. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joanne from Company, The Witch, Jack, or The Baker from Into the Woods, and then I put Balladeer or Sarah Jane Moore from... Hell yeah, yeah. Um, You'd be a great Balladeer. That'd be fun. Yeah. Best songs. Um, yeah. I want to play George. Oh, yeah. Period. Yeah. I want to play George. Like, uh, I just... Uh, you want to play Mandy Patinkin. I want to play Mandy Patinkin playing George. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I want to be in the biopic about Sondheim playing Mandy Patinkin playing George. It'll be your Andy Kaufman, Man on the Moon, yes, Jim Carrey thing. exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Finishing um, the hat. I yeah, George is a Finishing big one for me. Hat. I would love to play Sweeney, but more than Sweeney, I'd love to play the Beetle. Oh yeah, my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I good playing a slimy Ooh, that gross character. Fucking, that, that I just am astounded whenever they can find people who can fucking sing that part. For it's, sure. it's it's not right. It's oh, not right, CJ. I, I wouldn't spit it at Mrs. Lovett. That'd be totally oh, no, down no, 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 yeah. 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 I uh, I also would uh, in an alternate reality, I'd love to play Booth. Uh, oh, just yeah. because, just getting to sing that song, I think. Because mm. then he does nothing else the rest of the show. It's yeah, his right. one <laughs> big thing. And he won the Tony. Michael Servers won a Tony for one song yeah. for best lead performance. That means you're really good. Um, it means you're phenomenal. Um, <laughs> you'd make a great baker's wife, Siege. Yeah. You'd yeah, be, she's you'd, great. You'd, for the yeah, you'd kill the that. Let's get our spotlights out again one more time. All of the actual info is like in the show notes if you guys need links and stuff like that but let's list them off just so everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, so this is what's happening in LA. Um I don't know what date this you're going to be listening to this and this is dropping. So I'm going to I'm going to throw out uh Aviva Pressman uh is doing her one woman show. It's called Deadlift. It is a uh, storytelling Aviva. project, digital storytelling project uh being produced by the local classic rep in Pittsburgh. It's going to run September 30th through October 4th. Uh so go to the local classic rep 
in Pittsburgh website and check that out. Uh, Aviva is a member of the Sick Fools Theater Company here in Los Angeles, and she is a marvelous performer. Uh, same thing can be said for Mr. Amir Levy, um, who uh, is appearing, uh, also a Sick Fools member, appearing in Nathan C. Jones. It's a one-man musical. It's written by Vanessa Stewart, who is uh, uh, current one of our current uh, artistic directors and a uh, Sick Fools member, and uh, a, a badass. Uh, I did stuff face with her and I'm, I'm so grateful for that. Uh, it's being done uh, as part of the Blank Theater. Uh, if you go to YouTube and type in the Blank Theater, uh, it's on their channel. Please watch Nathan C. Jones. Um, and then um, uh, finally we have two Sacred Fools members, uh, Therese Olson and Rob LaCrone, who are doing a piece called The Art of Facing Fear. Yeah. Uh, it's a diverse cast. It's using uh, innovative digital techniques to present a show. Uh, and it's going on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. Uh, visit roblacrone.com for details. That's uh, Rob LaCrone, L-E-C-R-O-N-E dot -E com, all one word, Rob LaCrone. Uh, check it out. Uh, and uh, and keep We're supporting theater any way that you can. Yeah, exactly. Real quick, I just wanted to uh, because we really appreciate when people rate, subscribe, and review. We wanted to read. We had a few new reviews on our uh, Apple Podcast. I think is where they're showing up. Yes. Uh -huh. So we're gonna read those because they're kind of fun and silly. And uh, let's, let's just go for it, CJ. You got them. Been waiting for this podcast to be released. Psyched to have some thoughtful theater, theater content poured into my ears. Interesting. So it sounds like they hadn't started listening <laughs> when they wrote the review. Yes. <laughs> They're like, I'm excited for this podcast. Yeah, it's May 1st. <laughs> oh, interesting. So it was like early, early. Yes, like one, yes. One, okay. Oh, that might have been written after our trailer drop. Possibly. Got it. Okay, so they were like excited about the who who wrote that? What was the, their username? Athena Puma. Oh, that's my friend Sophia Macias. Uh, shout out to Sophia Macias, deep <laughs> friend of the pod. We'll have her on uh, sometime. I think we're going to have her on actually for the uh, Lin Manuel Miranda. Episode. Sweet. Yeah. So that'll be really excited, uh, which we will be doing uh, later in the season. Uh, another one. I love these people. That's it. That's it. What's the who's the name? What's it was the name? it was Jen Jen Rosemith. Oh, Jen. We love yes. Threadbare Jen. I think is what her yes. username is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good times. Love her. Uh, and one more. If you're a theater nerd, you'll love this podcast. Keep me coming. What's the oh coming? <laughs> What's the uh, username? A A R I G banana. A R I G banana. A rig banana? A rig banana. A rig banana. That's not what that means. R E G banana? I don't know. I don't know who that is, but that's that's great. It's it's a little lame that the three ones that we just read, two of them we knew, but that's okay. We love you guys. Please rate, review, subscribe. That really helps us out. Thank you for joining us on our mini, mini series on Stephen Sondheim. Thank you, Annie Baker, for the script. Thank you, Thank Annie, you Annie Baker, Baker, for writing our script. Come have usual. a beer with us. We really appreciate it. Um, we'll be back. Next week, or not next, yes, next week. We'll be back next week to discuss the works of Samuel Beckett. Oh, oh damn. That's right. my on. Waiting God for is on. Which, by the way, will be featuring appearances, not necessarily guests, but featuring appearance by two friends of the pod, oh. French Stewart <gasps> and Leon Russum. Oh, my Leon God. Russum. 
Now that's a pretty exciting thing. Well, we're saying that we don't have paperwork. No, we don't. <laughs> There's no, no contracts have been but signed. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna get those two fuckers. We together. will cut this out if we can't get that actually to happen because <laughs> we have three weeks until that actually has happened. But I, I'm saying it now in case it is a real thing. Followed by that, we have Sarah Kane. Our miniseries on Sarah Kane for, for Halloween. Halloween Good lord! I'm this super year. pumped about that. And after that, big announcement here. Drum roll, please. Okay. After Kane, we will be doing our miniseries on our our second sixth in the series, which is movie musical. Oh shit! I, I already know what it is, and you're all wrong. <laughs> your your subjective opinion is horseshit. Every your sixth topic, we focus on something broader than just a playwright, and this time we're going to be doing our first true guest, the writer of the amazing amazing original songs that you get every time. Pamela Quinn. Yes. Very excited about She's that. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. And uh, that'll be our test at seeing if having a guest works. Hopefully we'll be able to start focus- focusing on some playwrights of color uh, who deserve all of our love and support and amplification. Uh, we've been waiting until we could have guests before we could do that kind of stuff. So we're yes. very excited. So now, we're, yeah, we're on the verge of being able to be in a room with people and have guests. And yeah. we've got a couple exciting ones. We do. People, people who've reached out. Yeah. Friends of the pod. Really cool, exciting guests coming and, up. And we'll yeah, start we announcing have, those as we get them uh, confirmed. Thoughts and, yeah. We love you. Black Lives Matter. Yes. Yeah. Wear a mask. Yes. Uh, we are socially distanced in this room. Uh, but we also are probably going to give each other a huge hug after this. Uh, fuck your COVID. Fuck that COVID. And as always, um, mouths are butts. Mouths <laughs> are butts. Jesus fucking uh, Also, big shout out to Ryan Thomas Johnson. Yes. Ryan Thomas Ryan Johnson. Ryan Thomas Johnson, the of the episode, a genius a writer genius. of the theme song for the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. And, Thanks. Uh, and just an all-around fucking badass dude. Yeah. He's the one I'm going to try and get to solve my... Headphone listening problem. Good call. Good call. Good call. Yeah, that's <laughs> he might understand. Hey, Ryan, so I have hey, three microphones set up as an aggregate yeah. in my MIDI setup. <laughs> so if I go, and then how can I listen it so we all listen at the same time? Quality end of podcast content. We love you. We're out of here. Bye. Here's Pamela Quinn with our Stephen Sondheim themed mashup. song mashup blast. <laughs> I love you. <laughs>
Fresh, what do you say, old friend?